Good morning to everyone. Welcome to God's house this morning as we celebrate the Reformation. And as you've seen on the poster, this is the 499th uh, year of the Reformation. You can be thankful the way God has kept his word, his truth, and purity. And may we be ready to do the same as we teach that word each and every day in our lives and in our services. Just a reminder, following the service, the children are asked to go to the conference room uh, for their Sunday school lessons. The adults will be meeting shortly after you have a little time for fellowship and coffee. We'll be meeting in here. We're continuing our studies on idols that we did not know that we had. Uh, we'll be finishing up our discussion on politics as an idol and also doing one on religion. We are going to join together lifting up our voice as we think about that salvation that salvation has come to us as we sing our first hymn, hymn number 390. Let us please rise. 
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not a result of works that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him, that we should walk in them. The word of God announces both his punishment and his pardon, his judgment and his grace. The law of God summarized in the Ten Commandments remind us the continued need for the Lord's forgiveness. As we gather for worship, let us first pray to the Lord confessing our sins to him and calling upon him to have mercy on us. humble hearts, let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, your word of truth confronts us in our sin. It convicts us of the bad things we have thought, said, and done, and of the good things we have failed to think, say, and do. Forgive our sins against you and our sins against one another. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Friends in Christ, let us abide in Jesus' word, which brings us the freedom of his forgiveness. Almighty God, in his great mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for Jesus' sake forgives you all your sins. Upon this, your confession, I, as a called, ordained servant of Christ, Forgive you all your sins, name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies. And through the eternal gospel of your Son, grant your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first lesson for this morning is recorded in Revelation chapter 14. And here we see again that eternal gospel, that, that gospel that we are to proclaim throughout the world. Then I saw another angel flying in midair. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. 
This is the word of the Lord. Join you with our psalm this morning, Psalm 46. The congregation will sing the refrain. second lesson for this morning is to record Romans chapter 3, and here we again see that our salvation is through Christ, and may we hold on to that good news. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be silenced, and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sins. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, through the shedding of his blood, to receive by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. So to ask to be just, and the one who justifies, 
those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. doing everything right. That's good. <laughs> what? You clean up your room, too? That's good. That's good. That's good. When your parents cook, what do they usually follow? What we call something. What is it? A recipe. A recipe. They, you need a recipe because you need the directions, don't you? Like, here's a recipe for marble. I know, I love marble cake, too. 
You preheat the oven to 350 degrees. Really? You got a cake too? I bet you all of you get a birthday cake, don't you? And then it tells me what to do. It tells me to place the flour into a bowl, and it tells me how many eggs to use. It gives me the directions. I need the directions, don't I? Why do I need the directions? Why do I need the directions? I have a tendency to do that a lot when I cook. I, for, I forget something, or I don't add the baking powder, or I don't add something, and all of a sudden, the cake doesn't turn out. Then I'm in big trouble, aren't I? I'm in big trouble when it doesn't turn out, because it doesn't taste good. Then you have to throw it out. Well, I want to tell you about a different type of recipe. This recipe was given to Timothy. And this is a recipe, what am I holding here? A Bible, my Bible. But listen to this. All scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God's given us a recipe. God gives us recipes in the Bible. It doesn't tell us how many eggs to use. It doesn't tell us, again, how hot the oven is supposed to be. But it does tell us how to live. It tells us sometimes maybe you fight with your brother or your sister. Sometimes maybe you don't always listen to your parents. It tells us that we have that forgiveness through Jesus. It gives us that direction in this life. Just as you use a recipe to help your parents cook so that cake turns out, so we can be thankful that God's given us the Bible. And he's kept it for us to tell us about Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your cookbook called the Bible. We thank you for keeping it in its truth and purity so that we may read it each and every day. Amen. Okay, thank you for coming up. You can go back to your parents. <coughs> we'll continue with the singing of our next hymn.
grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning's meditation is recorded in John chapter 8. Dear friends in Christ, John Elliott was a ranger and he was high up in the Rocky Mountains and a blizzard came. He lost his direction. He didn't know where he was. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but when you're out in a blizzard, that snow is blowing, it can throw you off. You start walking around in circles. He didn't know where to go. And all of a sudden, luckily, after being out in that blizzard, his clothes were wet, he was cold, he was numb. He happened to come across a cabin. And luckily, Luckily, that door was unlocked. He goes in the cabin and just collapses on the floor. He was so tired, so numb, that he didn't even light the fireplace. He didn't take off his wet clothes. And he just wanted to sleep. His dog was separated for him for a while, but this dog found him in the cabin. Of course, it was a St. Bernard. But the dog came, laid down next to him, and started to lick him. Woke him up as he was almost, almost falling asleep. And John said that his dog was the one that saved his life. And he said, all you want to do is when you're so numb, so cold. All you want to do is to sleep. That all you want to do is sleep because you know you should be doing something else. You know you should be lighting that fire, taking those clothes off to dry, but no. Sleep just feels so good to avoid that pain. Well, as you take a look at our text for this morning, you can see that Jesus ran across some people that felt that way. Well, they realized that, that they were sinners. But they also thought, well, we're not so bad. We're not so bad as others that don't know about Jesus. And, and I start to think about that, that, you know, isn't that a lot like us? We admit that we're sinners. We know we've done wrong. I mean, we heard about it in our first reading, you know, in Romans there with that reading that all have sinned, all have fallen short of that glory of God. Yet, how often don't we think, well, I'm a member of the church. My name's written on that membership roll. I'm saved. I, I'm okay. But then we realize, again, like just as uh, John Elliott had that numbness in his body, that pain for being out in that blizzard, so the pain of sin numbs us. And we don't do everything that's right. But today as we celebrate the Reformation, we can, we can think about being free indeed. That yes, even though sin is with us, even though we sin daily, we, we have that forgiveness. We, we have that forgiveness that, that's found in Christ. You take a look at our text. To the Jews who have believed in Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, are really my disciples. Then you all know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Jesus was preaching, and many came to faith. If you take a look at the verses preceding our text, it talks about the way the people came to faith, the way many believed in Jesus. But the Pharisees, no. The Pharisees had a different philosophy. They, they knew, again, about sin. They, they admitted that. But after all, the Pharisees had all these laws. They knew the law. They were very good at their knowledge of the law. And they thought, well, we're just a little bit better, so, so we're safe. But take a look at the way the Pharisees answered Jesus. I think this is so unique. We are Abraham's descendants who have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? We're slaves of Noah. We're Abraham's descendants. We have that, that word. We, we know what God's word says. We're not slaves to anybody. So how can you talk about, about that freedom? Do you notice something interesting about that? They're not slaves to anybody. Yet, they had a Roman governor. They were under the Roman legion. They were slaves to their government, weren't they? They were slaves to the Romans. Yet they were saying, no, we're not slaves to anybody. We're free. We're the descendants of Abraham. And just as Abraham was saved, so we're going to be saved. How wrong they were. How wrong they were with that. Failing to see that freedom that, that comes with Jesus. Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We are slaves. Unfortunately, as we think the consequences of our sins, as we think again the way the way God's law shows me what to do, God's word tells me to be perfect just as He is perfect. But boy, I'm not perfect. But how often don't we try in our numbness to sin, being that slave to sin, that we try to make up excuses, we try to say. Does it really matter? Everybody else sins. I might as well be. I'm okay. Everybody else is doing it. I mean, the Catholic Church, one of the big reasons for the Reformation was with the teachings of indulgences. You remember that word? That you could pay for your sins to be forgiven. You would receive a slip of paper for, for your sins. Uh, they were using this money to pay for St. Peter's Cathedral in Rome. The more you sin, or depending upon the severity of the sin, the more that indulgence costs you. You kept thinking that you could pay your way into heaven. How sad that is, because how do we know when's enough enough? How do we know again that I made enough payment? Or especially when it comes to facing God, we don't know when we're going to die. But we can be thankful that we are free. That we are free because the Son, if you notice in the last verse, the Son is capitalized. That's always referring to Jesus. Jesus has set us free. 
through that recipe that's found in God's word, we hear about that salvation. We've heard about it in Romans. We've heard about it in Revelation. We hear about it in our text for this morning. You think of John 3, 16, that God so loved the world, they gave his one and only son for us. So whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. Think what that means to be free. To be free from our sin. It does mean that when we do sin, it does mean that when I fall short of what God expects me, I can think of my baptism. I can think of that baptism and be thankful that each and every day my sins are drowned in that water of the baptism. That God has made me one of his own. That I have that forgiveness. That yes, I sin. But I get to live in the freedom. I get to live and, and serve my Lord. There was an illustration that was talking a little bit about the freedom. And I guess the more I think about it, I, I get what the author was saying. He was talking about a guitar string. A guitar string could be free. You could, you could keep it in the package. But what good is it there? It needs to be placed on that guitar. It needs to be stretched out. It needs to be tuned. And then it plays that beautiful music. Think of us. We have that forgiveness of sin. That guilt has been washed away. I get to stand at the foot of the cross and receive that forgiveness from my Lord. I get to live in that freedom. I am that son. I am that, have that inheritance of eternal life. So when we do sin, when that guilt of our sin is, is weighing us down, <clears throat> think of your baptism. Think of that baptism and the freedom we have. Think of the way that freedom has been kept for us for all these years. It's not kept just for us that we may tell the next generation. That we may share that news because so many people are, are living with that guilt of their sin, trying try to work their way out of their sins. And it doesn't have that freedom that we have. Free indeed. We are, aren't we? We are free to live for our Lord and to serve Him. May we do this now and forever. Let's please rise. May the peace of God surpass all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And as we think of that freedom that is ours, may we remember that Apostles' Creed that reminds us of that freedom through our Lord as we sing the Creed this morning.
As we gather, our first Christopher Lord has given us all things. The guest books are located in chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those. This pass back to the center gives you a chance to greet your neighbor and our Lord and Savior. join him with the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs, for all those who are marked with the sign of the cross and sealed with the Holy Spirit, that the baptized children of God may hold forth the word of truth throughout the world. Let us pray to the Lord. missionaries, and servants of the church, that they may lead God's faithful people with loving hearts and voices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, may we abide in your word. For living water, Luther Church, that we may see the great need for the truth of God's word in our local communities, and shine Christ's light in our neighborhoods. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, for all who serve in positions of leadership in our government, along with those who serve in our armed forces, that our mighty fortress would protect them as they serve to protect our freedoms. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, may we abide in your word. For all those with illness of heart, mind, and body, that they may be set free from their infirmities and rest in the healing presence of our Savior. Let us pray to the Lord. For these and all other concerns we have, that as we bow before the heaven's throne, we may know that Christ alone brings our petitions before our loving Father. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, may we abide in your word. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. 
sisters, you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We rejoice in this gift, O God. You are made to be his workmanship, walking daily in his word. We rejoice in the word that sets us free. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give seated as we conclude our service, reminding us about that strong word that our Lord has given us.